0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Tech and Real Estate Podcast, where we bridge the gap between real estate and technology. I'm your host and data scientist, Ariel Herrera. And today we have Ilya Neshevsky, AI engineer and CTO of Parasphere. Parasphere is a prop tech company that provides a zero commission listing platform for homeowners. In this conversation, you'll learn how AI and GPT's are transforming real estate, as well as how Perisphere is leveraging this technology to bring data at homeowners' fingertips. All right, let's get started. Welcome to the show, Ilya. Super excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Yes, it's always great to talk to someone else who is as deep into technology, and especially in the real estate space as yourself. So if you could give a brief background of how you ended up being the CTO of Perisphere.
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I have a quite an unconventional background for an AI engineer. I have a PhD in polymer chemistry and started out as a chemist. And I quickly learned that chemists uh, don't really make as much money as I thought they did. So I pivoted to finance and uh, I had an investment advisory firm in New York City for some time. And uh, then I realized that um, data is you know, the source of all the information that I was using for trading. And I got really excited about data and I worked for People Data Labs for a while, which is a data provider. Um, And then I met Jackson and Evan uh, and we kind of brainstormed some ideas and figured out that Perisphere and our current product is uh, very much needed and uh, was very excited to work on it.
0: Excellent, love the path that you took. A lot of data folks kind of start unconventional and then data finds them. um, And it's excellent that you've dabbled so much into AI since. So what are some of your thoughts about how AI is changing the landscape, especially in real estate today?
1: Yeah, um, I think uh, just like any new technology that um, drastically changes our entire society, AI is doing just that by providing more efficiency and letting us execute our ideas more effectively. And um, for example, in real estate, one of the biggest problems that we've noticed in particular is inefficiencies in acquiring data about homes in order to list them, and then ineffectiveness in marketing those homes and providing that data in a way that is consumable by um, people who are looking for homes or people who are looking to sell homes. And uh, the main culprit for that is people, right? So people have to go into the home. You have to find these people. You have to find the realtor. Maybe somebody's recommended to you. And usually the people who recommend you a realtor did one transaction only. So, And we all know that end of one is not a good data set, right? Yeah. But you, you resort to working with that realtor and he has to come in, ask you questions, take pictures, then go back to his office and do hours of research, And it just seems a bit inefficient uh, now that we do have these tools where we have wonderful uh, visual analytical tools and large language models that are able to intake multiple modes of data such as vision, uh, video, and tabular data like text and provide insights into that data and able to nowadays explain it and um, present it in a way that is uh, more effectively consumed by the persons that are interested in buying or selling the homes. So, integrating this technology just seems like a no brainer nowadays, especially this year when there have been so much advances in developing mm-hmm. large language models and, uh, in particular, adding multimodality where we are able to process videos and photos alongside text and other tabular data.
0: Right, because initially these LLMs, I think, specialized more so in a text aspect, but now um, it's consumable in different areas. And if we could touch a little bit more on the image recognition and what are some of the things that can help there uh, using LLMs in real estate?
1: Yes. So today, um, well, nowadays, actually, uh, LLMs market themselves as multimodal. So they're able to take an image, and video and text. However, under the hood, there's actually multiple models that are running uh, that are processing video and text separately. Uh, usually they are uh, object detection algorithms, object segmentation algorithms that process the images and provide text data to LLMs. Um, we all heard about um, uh, Deep uh, DeepMind's um, Gemini project uh, by Google yeah. that is uh, marketed as a first fully multimodal uh, LLM. However, I'm a bit skeptical at this point, even though I've commented quite a lot about it on on LinkedIn. Um, But uh, the way that um, these systems are designed to work right now is you have multiple models and they all work together. And advancement in each one of those models is critical in order for the whole system to work properly. And um, in my opinion, um, we will still have multiple models well into the mm-hmm. future. And we'll call them multimodal, but it'll be a multimodal system as opposed to a single multimodal model. And uh, that's the approach we're taking as well.
0: Excellent. And taking a step back in terms of multimodal, someone uh, maybe not as versed into technology may think like, what is a model? And now you're talking about multimodels. Like uh, if we could just give a little bit of a background of uh, that you're breaking that down for someone to understand.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yeah, so let's take a step back and define a model. And a model is basically what's called a set of weights. And you can think of it as a very, very large Excel sheet with weights. And those weights uh, are used to make predictions and those weights are obtained from training of a model. So it's, it's the way I like to think of it, it's the essence of the data. So you have all this data in numbers, words, Booleans, all these kinds of data types, and you feed it through multiple layers of your machine learning model, and it distills it into its essence and into its image. And you can use that image in order to make inferences on other similar data. Um, And for a long time, it had one modality. You take a tabular data, you take, let's say, an Excel sheet of data, and you can train your model on it. And then you would give something similar, and it will tell you what the result should be. Um, in past five or so years, there's been a big movement towards introducing new modalities or new types of data. And those primarily are uh, segmented into vid- video, image, uh, language, which is large form uh, text or conversational language like a chatbot. Or tables of data, which is numbers or formulas or whatnot, and um, we have models with running each one of these modalities or different data types. For example, you would have Mid Journey uh, generating images using generative uh, AI, right? Huh. And you would have Chat GPT answering you in text, which is a chatbot. But in past six months to a year, there's been a big move to combine those into one system. And um, for example, ChatGPT uses a number of models. It's not just, GPT-4 is not one model. It's actually probably dozens of models chained together, uh, but it provides this uh, experience of being able to give your model an image or a video mm-hmm. or sound like with uh, OpenAI's Whisper, and it will return to you a result in the mode that you want. So you can tell GPT-4, hey, show me an image of a kitten. Uh, with voice using Whisper, and it will provide you a picture of AI-generated kitten. uh, And you can see how three modalities were now used, voice to text, text to image, right? And that's what modality pretty much is. Excellent
0: explanation. Yeah, the chaining of different models together. And I love the way you described it. It was very easy to understand. And would love to dive a little bit more into Parasphere specifically of how you guys are utilizing uh, these AI models and LLMs today?
1: Yes, yeah, so uh, let's see what I can and can't talk about. Um, so what I can say is we are using multiple modalities. Uh, right now we're using image and text. Uh, our text is a little bit modified to return JSON responses. So our, our, our text model is pretty much like a JSON API at this point. It was trained to do so, so it can interact with our application. And uh, we basically use um, TensorFlow, which is Google's package for image analysis um, to build uh, image segmentation, object detection models, to be able to intake images of, uh, uh, you know, that you, uh, you consumer would obtain within their home. And be able to identify objects in those images. And we would then uh, have a, a few layers of LLMs uh, that uh, intake the text data about those images and uh, deduplicate them. So we get a un- list of unique images for a particular room. And that way we build a complete profile of mm-hmm. a property just from looking around with your phone. And uh, we, actually abstract away the image data by video. So we realized that instead of a user walking around and taking pictures of each room, it's not very clear about what the angle of picture should be or how many pictures yeah. each room needs. So we just let a user record a video of their home, just walk around with their phone in front of them, and we extract pictures that we need, identify the object, and build a complete profile about the house. So what kind of color walls you have, what kind of objects you have in your wall, like uh, in your uh, home, for example, fireplace, uh, staircase, architectural design aspects, everything that we might need to know, building materials. And we take that profile of a home and pair it with tabular data, such as demographic data, um, neighborhood data, uh, um, uh, uh, comps pretty much, so similar homes in your neighborhood, as well as um, data that we can obtain about that property in particular, such as how many acres uh, of land does it sit on, um, and uh, when was it last transacted, its transaction history. And and we just have this complete profile of a life cycle of a home, paired with inferences from images that gives us unprecedented uh, view of the essence of that home, right? When was it bo- born and what is it like now? Uh, what were the numbers when it was built? What, what, what are the numbers of it now? Did somebody add extra rooms or whatnot? But also we extract that visual information that is crucial to determining whether somebody likes something or whether something's worth whatever it's worth. And what, one of the analogy I like to give is, uh, for example, you have a granite countertop uh, in your kitchen. It might be worth, X amount of dollars in New York City, but it might be worth much less in Austin, Texas, because maybe granite is mined locally there. And we are taking that information about the origin of each building material and also use it in tabulating the overall price of the property. And that gives us a unique uh, view into the being able to determine the price of the property based on the objects inside, how much does each object drive the value of the property? And uh, in the future, it would give you suggestions of what, for example, modification you should make to your home in yeah. order for a given amount of money in order to increase your property value by X amount of dollars. And um, from what I see, um, not a lot of people are doing these kinds of analytics, and we found that. Uh, you know, we have to do it. Like it's just a no brainer, right?
0: Wow, so many golden nuggets there. I see so many different use cases of why understanding the ins and outs of the home from beginning to its current life and all the objects inside of it could really help in different facets for like the homeowner, for agents, for someone who's um, even an investor as well, maybe deciding like what upgrades they should be doing. Like I've seen a lot of folks, they get helocs on their property to revamp it and they maybe just do like an entire deck in their backyard. But in actuality, if they would have redone their kitchen, it would have added a lot more value for them. So is that where you see uh, Perisphere going in terms of recommendation to users of like what areas of their, their home they should be revamping or rehabbing?
1: Yeah, uh, that we can see. Um... Sometime down the line, we will tackle that. And that's one of, yeah. you know, my, uh, in my opinion, one of the most exciting uh, use cases for this data. But we're starting out with uh, letting users uh, be able to build a property profile on their own and be able to sell their home on their own without the inefficiencies of using a realtor, uh, yeah. which usually charges two to 6% and, and of a home. And in my opinion, with modern day technology, it just doesn't make sense. It's too much money, right? And uh, we we would like to empower the user to be able to effectively gather information about their home in a way that they can convey to uh, the buyer. Uh, So for example, everything about their home, also mechanical, MEP, like mechanical electrical plumbing, uh, what kind of appliances they have, uh, home design, uh, building materials, neighborhood data, demographic data, put that together into one beautiful profile that can be served to a buyer and uh, connect the seller to a buyer and let them, you know, figure it out. And I think that is uh, probably uh, uh, the direction that real estate industry will be going in the future is eliminating inefficiencies and monetary inefficiencies are the biggest things that people look at. It's two to six percent of the value of a home I mean, even a stockbroker doesn't charge that and they handle way more <laughs> money than a realtor,
0: right? Yeah, it's a pretty fair amount. And it's not like it's, you know, so difficult to acquire this data Whereas, like a lot of maybe transformations or manipulation. It's just like this information is maybe sitting on the MLS in one page or on the county records on another page. And it's just a common homeowner. It's a black box. and They don't understand how to obtain all this data, but you're basically kind of, unveiling a way of being able to uh, get that power back of having the data at their fingertips and in an easy way where they could just, like you said, scan their property. They don't have to even like type things online. They can just uh, use video to be able to get that data.
1: Absolutely. And they get the data about the property with the video and we tap into all the data resources and do all the heavy lifting of getting that hard to get data for them. And then we process it in a way that is readable and understandable by human. Nobody wants to read tables on <laughs> Zillow, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. And I really like that you mentioned um, how you're considering the location as well. Like you said, with the granite countertops of one area that could be less costly, another area more costly, and and locality is so important in real estate. Um, is Are there any other findings that you've noticed when looking at Uh, uh, using Parasphere in different regions?
1: Uh, Yes. So right now we're focusing on a tri-state area plus Pennsylvania. So New York, New Jersey, Connecticut in the Northeast plus Pennsylvania. And uh, in those regions, we we have some interesting um, inferences that we have made. I'm not sure if I can talk about them here or um, as a matter of fact, there's so many I can't even... uh, (laughs) you know, kind of bring up one, but um, what's, what's important to uh, one, one of the important things that I've noticed is uh, value of the land, it mm-hmm. matters quite a lot, right? So in, closer to New York city, people value square feet over uh, square feet of their interior over a uh, lot size and people mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania value lot size over square feet of their home. And uh, that's one of the inferences that we were able to determine. Um, but there there are quite a few others that um, I, I'm not sure if I can talk about right now.
0: Yeah, that's fine. I love that you guys are starting with the tri-state area, which is uh, yeah, where I'm originally from. So <laughs> it's from home. Uh, and then getting that correct before branching out just regionally. What I've seen is, as we've been doing coffee closers on our end, Um, the need to want to see everything nationwide at once, but then what you get is a product that actually isn't really good accuracy-wise in any location. Um, So I think starting at a particular location first and then scaling up is the right approach, which is what you're taking.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And each region kind of has its own thing going on, and you have to understand it and be able to extract that data and um, yeah, so we decided to start small and get, get tri-state area right. And then we'll be able to grow outwards and hopefully cover our entire U.S. within a year or so.
0: Excellent. Yeah. And on our podcast, we do have some folks who they are aspiring entrepreneurs as well. Uh, and they maybe want to build their own prop tech apps in the future. So for someone who's diving into um, AIs and AI engineer or data scientist, dabbling into it, what are some considerations for a responsible AI um, to make sure that they're building products in the right way?
1: Yeah, so a lot of the tools that people will use out of the box, um, you can't really have too much effect over response being responsible, as, mm-hmm. but uh, if you start hosting your own models, for example, um, security is probably number one thing. Uh, make sure you Don't run your model on your own server, for example, use AWS, Google Cloud, right, Azure. Um, And also um, there is, this field is evolving very fast. And for example, last week, there was um, uh, a discovery made uh, in Europe where uh, malicious attackers were able to affect LLM models, multimodal LLM models in particular. Uh without using text. And what they basically did is they embedded words or scripts in images and submitted those images uh, for inference to these LOMs like ChatGPT oh. or Claude or whatnot. And they were able to hack uh, those platforms and uh, influence decision-making. So, and that's new, nobody thought about this before. So now we're at Perisphere thinking, okay, so now we need to screen all the videos and images to make yeah. sure that somebody doesn't just record a video of some code or some words and, you know, blast our LLM endpoint and try to affect the way that results are produced for other users. So for us to be responsible, you have to stay up to date with, you know, the ever-evolving uh, news cycle for LLMs and cybersecurity and um, use best practices, right? Uh, Make sure that you're the only one that has access to your platform on the back end, and make sure you use trusted engineers that are not going to run away with your code. Some of these basics, but also stay ahead of the curve, read the news, and make sure that you implement all the new recommendations for uh, security with language models in particular.
0: Excellent advice. And... To close things out, uh, would love to know where others can follow you at Parasphere, and also if you can mention, what are some things that are in the near term of coming that you're really excited about to share?
1: Yeah, so let me start with uh, things that are coming out in the near term, and I think that kind of can pivot us to where you can find us. so we are uh, on the final stages of developing our application for uh, to be released for people to use. And uh, we currently have a, a wait list, uh, which hey, you can go on Perisphere.io or Perisphere.ai and uh, register for a wait list. We'll be opening up uh, the wait list in, in batches uh, in Q1 for people to come in and use our applications and, and, and test it. Uh, And by Q2, by beginning to middle of Q2, it should be open to everybody to download and use. And um, right now, this application will be able to give you access to our pricing algorithm and our profile builder. So you'll be able to take your phone, walk through your home, record a video, half hour later, you have your property profile with valuation. Um, And uh, in the future, we do hope to integrate uh, certain things such as um, ability to let you list your home. Uh, first, we're going to open up our own marketplace and uh, then possibly give you a possibility to list on Zillow or Redfin as well. And, and maybe Craigslist or even MLS, we're, we're kind of working on that. And uh, it will be fully integrated with our uh, proprietary LOMs that summarize the entire profile of the property and all the tabular data, and basically tell you what to uh, what words to type into Zillow or Redfin to list the property. And at some point it will automate the listing process completely. Uh, so our end goal is to be an end-to-end property evaluation, data acquisition, and listing platform, where all you need to sell your home is record a video, mark on a calendar which days you're available to show, house open house per se and that's it that's all you need to do and uh, when you find a buyer that is uh, worthy of your house uh, you can sell it it's you know abstracting away the inefficiencies that is the main concept of perisphere at this point
0: incredible you guys are really changing the game in real estate and technology and i'm excited to continue to watch your journey and also hopefully sell a property through you guys in the future or purchase my next one. Um, So with that, thank you so much, Ilya, for your time. And if someone wanted to reach out directly to you, uh, is there an email or LinkedIn link that they should follow you on? Yeah,
1: Um, you can reach out to Perisphere in general on uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, any social platform. But if you want to reach out to me uh, specifically, it's Ilya at perisphere.io. And it's I-L-L-Y-A at perisphere.io. So you can send me an email. Any questions, I'll I'll be glad to answer
0: them. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you.